You're listening to the Multiverse Fancast, proud member of the Misfit Faction Media Network. All right, then. On with the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Multiverse Fancast. Don't forget, if you guys are listening to us on the go, you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, basically anywhere you get your podcasts. You can also find more of our content on our website, themisfitfaction.com. There you find links not only this show, but some of our other shows, like MF Uncensored and Cinematic Adventures. You can also find news, reviews, articles, and more, so make sure you guys check out themisfitfaction.com. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Paul. With me via the Zoom studio is Ronnie. Ronnie, how are you today? I'm doing fantastic. How are you, sir? I, I'm doing spectacular. Uh, ha, ha, uh, ha, uh, ha. Uh, too soon? The puns are going to be unlimited. That was pretty uncanny, actually. That <laughs> one didn't work. No, I, I just panicked and, and picked another X-Men. <laughs> so if you guys haven't uh, discovered from the title of the episode, the description of the episode, and the terrible puns that we're already dropping, we <laughs> decided to have a little bit of fun. And this was an episode that we teased in our last animated series, Battle Royale type, where we are going to pit Spider-Man and the X-Men together against each other. Our primary focus is going to be, first, the Spider-Man 90s and X-Men 90s animated shows. Compare, contrast, talk about the two of them. Because they did exist in the same universe. They were in continuity with each other, which is we'll talk about also. And then we're going to talk a little bit more early 2000s with The Spectacular Spider-Man and X-Men Evolution. And Ronnie has definitely seen all of both, and I mean all of all shows. All of all. All of all of these shows. He has seen every yes. single episode. He could probably recite them, but he's going to rely on me to, to keep the show going. Yes, I don't want to do too much. I don't want to hurt myself. <laughs> it's it's my curse, you know. But anyway, yeah. so let's start off with Spider-Man in the '90s. Do you remember watching the show as a kid? So when I was a kid, I wasn't too big into cartoons other than Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So I do remember watching like episodes here and there. And then obviously, when I was older, kind of watching more, if not like all of both '90s shows that we're going to be talking about. Now, so the Spider-Man animated show, I know we've talked about it in like some of our Spider-Man focused episodes, but this show is such a it's such a unique beast because it had so many rules that it had to follow. Now, yeah. for those of you guys who don't know, while Fox's X-Men series was being produced by Saban, Spider-Man was produced by the newly formed Marvel Films Animation. It was the only series that the in-house studio produced, but it was animated by the TMS Kokiochi corporation so there's yeah wow that one hurt all right the show was very famous for its censorship and the reason was this was the show came out in 1990 i want to say four it ran from november 1994 yeah. to january 31st 1998 so it got about i want to say five seasons it did yeah which is awesome great show it's a ton of episodes usually about 20 episodes per uh, per season I remember the uh, all the episodes were titled comic books and they were chapters and like all these things so really good stuff with that but at the time we also had a lot of violence quote unquote on television now we look back on it now and you know no, no, like it's nothing like yeah. but this was also the biggest awesome. time where power Rangers was huge Mungus. It was a titan in media. So Power Rangers was, of course, 
called out for the violence that it depicted, where it's teenagers fighting monsters, very physically killing monsters. Like, nobody ever talks about how they're actually destroying living beings every episode. Yeah. But anyway, so in an attempt to kind of placate the parents but also keep the show on, they censored almost everything. Everything. And some of the dumbest things. And I remember as a kid hearing some of the words, and I was like, so weird. Like, I, I don't know what's going on, but apparently Marvel had no creative control on the TV series because Marvel at the time was in tough times and was close to bankruptcy, which is crazy to think about now. But here are some of the ways that Spider-Man, the animated series, are, yeah, was censored. I can't even read some of these. Some episodes, realistic guns were depicted, but only as flashbacks. They were never shown shooting or being used. The Punisher, they never show his parent, his family actually dying, and they never use the word killed. Let's see. No punching. Spider-Man never throws... He throws one punch, and they manage to get around it by using the spot of all characters, who's now super popular, where he punches through one of the spots and hits him. It's the only time Spider-Man yeah. is actually connected with a punch. Uh, you can't throw people through glass. No putting children in jeopardy. And no vampires were allowed to actually feed on humans and you couldn't say words like sinister blood um so they they used like i think they called the sinister six the insidious six instead because that's a much better word for kids i guess (laughs) instead of blood they always said plasma so when they they introduced morbius the living vampire and it wasn't jared leto for anybody who's curious darn darn right (laughs) but uh, and he would drink plasma and he had like suction cup things on his hands and that's how he would do yeah carnage was introduced and doesn't kill an actual person he just drains their life force yeah so what what do you think about uh censorship in terms of cartoons especially in the 90s i don't know like to me it it was kind of stupid because again like instead of saying blood you're saying plasmas basically what they're doing is they're saying they're using synonyms for these words Mm -hmm. You know, so they're still saying blood by saying plasma. Like, they're still saying killed by saying sucking the life force out of them. Like, but those are things, like, as kids, you know, we were, or I was, what, like, five when the show came out. So it's like, did I know plasma meant blood? No, I thought, like, whoa, that person's got plasma in them and said blood. You know what I mean? Like, things like that. So back then, like, it worked because, as, like I said, as kids, we didn't understand what they were saying. Right. But now as adults, we're like, plasma is blood. Something life force out of someone is killing them. Like, <laughs> I, I liked how you know? all the cops had laser guns. Instead of yeah. gun guns, they had laser guns. Yeah, which I feel like does more damage than a bullet would, but okay. No, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> we're all good. They couldn't use the phrase radioactive. So even though he was bitten by a radioactive spider, I think they, I forget what they actually used, but they had like the, a recurring machine, machine that they were, yeah. that was like a plot point. It was the neogenic recombulator or something, something yeah. totally made up. But as a kid, I thought all this was real science. I was like, wow, look, oh, yeah. look what they can do. But so let's go really quick through the cast because the cast is fantastic. They have a huge cast and they have some big names, surprisingly. Uh, yeah. As the titular character is Christopher Daniel Barnes. I was a big fan of him from some of his other works. Are you familiar with Christopher Daniel Barnes? Not really. Yes, you are. Because uh, haven't you seen uh, The Little Mermaid? No. The original Little the Mermaid? The new one? No, the original. 
Oh, yeah. Sorry. I thought you were talking about the new one. He played Prince Eric. <laughs> ah. At the age of six, the age of 16. I think he lied to them or something like that. And then he was he was also Greg Brady in the Brady Bunch movie and the very Brady sequel. That's funny. Yeah, he and just I loved him in this role. He he definitely got a lot of time to to make the character his own and yeah. he he could yell. Like when the scenes where Spider-Man like yelled in like anguish. God, he he had some pipes. Yeah. So we have uh, Jennifer Hale. I remember Jennifer Hale as Felicia Hardy slash the Black Cat. Uh, Saratoga Ballantine as Mary Jane Watson. Ed Asner. Ed Asner is J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah. He was great in the role. Uh, Rodney Selsbury as Robbie Robertson. Linda Gray as Mae Parker. Uh, Julie Bennett as Mae Parker for the second half of the show. Joseph Campanella as the Lizard. And Dirk Connor. Uh, Dirk Connors. Dr. Kirk Connors. <laughs> Gary Imhoff as Harry Osborne, Neil Ross as Norman Osborne, and ironically, they both did the, the Goblin voices too, respectively. Roscoe Lee Brown as Wilson Fisk slash the Kingpin, Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. as Dr. Octopus, Hank Azaria as Eddie Brock slash Venom. For a lot of kids, that was the definitive Venom and the definitive like black yeah. suit saga. Mark Hamill as the Hobgoblin, and Joan Lee, the wife of Stan Lee, as Madam Webb. So... That's an awesome cast. Oh yeah, and the the amount of cameos that they had in that show, like they had a they had the Punisher, they had Daredevil, they had the X Men, um, Captain yeah. America cameos, uh, the Fantastic Four, like they go all out for this show. And one of the one of the things that this show actually did way earlier than Spider Verse was create their own Spider Verse style team ups. Yeah. So the biggest ones were they did Secret Wars which they got a bunch of heroes versus a bunch of villains. Dr. Doom's there, like the Beyonders, the, the guy, based off the comic books. And then they did Spider Wars, where they had different versions of Spider-Man all team up. So I will say that this show, for me, I, I'm going to give it that four and a half. Almost, I think maybe, if it wasn't so censored, I think I'd probably give it the five. Wow. Oh, I love the show. Big. I was obsessed with the show. big. Well, because this show was targeted towards us. The the show was based around the toys. The toys were put into production way before. And that was, they based the show off the toys. And we've seen it before with like, especially like another show like Young Justice that got canceled because of bad toy sales. So for me, like this, this is my, this was my superhero show. Mm -hmm. What what about you? So I'm sure back then, if, you know, back in 98 when it was over, I'd tell you 4.5, right? Mm-hmm. Looking back at it, I, I'd probably still give it a 4.5. It could be a 4 just because of censorship and, you know, like, <clears throat> which I guess you can't really blame it nowadays for that. But, I mean, it's a 4.5. I, I Back then, you know, the, that, that style was... You know, these styles, you know, for the mid mid to late 90s, having virtually like no budget and it looking as good as it did. Oh, yeah. They were, um, it was the first show to start using CGI. Yeah. So, yeah, I would say four or five. So, you know, there's obviously everything has room for improvement. There's not too many fives out there, especially when it comes to TV show, just because of longe- longevity. Like, mm-hmm. You know, in five years, was it perfect for all five years kind of thing? No. That's why I wouldn't say it's a, a five to me, but I don't know. it's definitely... I, I could argue it. Are you sure about that? I think I really <laughs> could. 
But now, one of the biggest reasons we did this was because these shows, Spider-Man and X-Men, again, existed in the same universe. So I believe it was, I want to say it was like season two or three of Spider-Man. He didn't cross over to X-Men. I think he did like a brief cameo and like a background shot or something like that. Mm-hmm. But he crossed over to... Also, this was the first time I saw Blade in Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah, big fan. And let's... Oh, yeah, here we go. It's season two, episode four, chapter... I can't chapter four, the mutant agenda. And then it follows up in chapter five, mutants revenge. And basically Spider-Man's dealing with his own mutation. And he thinks that if he goes over to the X-Men in Westchester, cause he's in New York, it's perfect. I don't know how he swung there, but he got there. Yeah. Right. And basically he goes there to be like, I need a cure. And they're like, that's not what we do here. We teach you how to be a mutant and be happy. And they're like, no, I don't like this. So yeah. that was the first interaction. And then on September 30th, 1995. Wow. And I still remember it's a it's a cliffhanger episode with Spider-Man and Wolverine fighting each other because that's what heroes did. And the Hobgoblin's about to blow them up. Remember that as a kid. Traumatizing. But then you fast forward and then Storm cameos in the Secret Wars. They wanted to get the entire cast again, but it was way too expensive because they were filming. They would record at different studios. Yeah. So to get the entire cast over there just wasn't worth the budget. But we have X-Men rolls around and first and foremost... We have to determine which show had the better theme song. Oh, I, I'm gonna give it to X Men. It's I, super. Hard. I was gonna say I'm gonna give it to X Men for the for the two '90s shows. Yeah, X Men. Yeah. So this show was released earlier than Spider Man. Spider Man came out in '94, went to '98. This show was 1992 to 1997. It ended the day before my birthday in 1997. It's my fault, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> Good job. What, is it your fault or is your parents' fault for not getting you the toys? Probably both. But anyway, <laughs> actually, here, you're ready. Here's a, here's a terrible story, and this is a true story. And you can ask, you know, Ronnie, you know my dad. You can ask him about this. When I was a kid, I had to have been like five when this show was like just rolling out. It's at its most popular. My dad got me a display set of X Men action figures, and it was like the entire uh-huh. cat. I was five, so I <laughs> begged him, begged him to take them out of the display. My dad to this day still claims that it would have been worth so much money had we not touched it. I was like, I don't think so. But anyway, as I have my <laughs> my framed Parents of Wolverine hanging up on the wall. But anyway, <laughs> so what do you remember about this show? I think the big things I remember about the show are <clears throat> A, the theme, mm-hmm. right? And also their costumes. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't think in any other show or even in the movies we have seen anything quite like it. Like, obviously, like, yeah, he kind of, you know, with with time looks get better. But the way they all looked in it, they all looked different, but they all had some sort of X on them to signify they're part of the X-Men. And it was also like uh, their communicators. Like that's what they would press to talk to each other. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just think the looks of their costumes and everything were like beautiful spot on. And like I said, we don't, I don't think we've ever really had anything close to that since. So it also breaks my heart that the last shot of, I want to say it was X-Men, not days of future past, but maybe x-men apocalypse the last shot is them in their com in their cartoon accurate uh suits and then we never see them again 
Like, yeah. It was heartbreaking to see like the actual adaptation. And they looked pretty good. The suits looked fine. Because that was a big issue with the X-Men in the live action. They thought that the suits would not translate well to screen. And now mm. we're at a time where you have a Professor X is in his comic accurate wheelchair. Hugh Jackman's reprising the role of Wolverine in the yellow suit. Like, nobody cares anymore. <laughs> like, I get it at, like, early 2000s. They're like, we're also, early 2000s, was a lot of leather. Yeah. Yeah. Like the Matrix. Yeah. Underworld. Everybody like, that would have been perfect. Like, I thought I was supposed to grow up and buy leather. Nowadays. I, I mean, I, ha- I had the leather assless chaps. You still do. That's what you wear when you record. It's very awkward. Please don't stand up again. Honestly, guys? No. 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 That's why we don't do video for this podcast. Anyway, that's an MF uncensored. Anywho. So, all right then. We have the show. Jesus Christ. Anyway. (laughs) All right. So, let me go through the cast of this show. Well, actually, my first memory. So, I remember I never, I didn't watch this show as much live because it was a lot harder when we were kids to catch live, especially we were young when this show came out, five or six, like trying to, trying to time that. For a five or six year old. Nap between nap time? (laughs) Muppet Babies is on. But anyway. So we were kind of in a weird spot with that. And also this show is a little bit more mature. Like like Morph dies, quote unquote, in like the first two episodes. But so for me, I remember seeing a lot of reruns. I had tapes. And so I only had like 12 episodes total. And I would Mm -hmm. just rewatch those same 12 episodes. Like something different (laughs) was going to happen each time. Yeah. But for me, like, I still love this show, and I have, you know, obviously caught up. And it followed a very similar kind of setup to Spider-Man, where they picked uh, sagas. Notoriously, they did the Phoenix Saga, and they did it incredibly. Like, to the point where it was considered the best adaptation, especially considering we've now had two film adaptations of The Dark Phoenix, and it has sucked. But But for us, let's see. We have, as the cast, because... The X-Men had a little bit more of an ensemble-type cast. You have yeah. Professor Xavier, played by Cedric Smith. Scott Summers, slash Cyclops, played by Norm Spencer. Jean Grey, played by Catherine Disher. Uh, Storm, played by o- Iona Morris for the first two years. And then Allison Seeley uh, Smith for the remainder of the show. Wolverine, played by Cal Dodd, who again turned into the star of the show. Gambit, played by Chris Potter in the first half of the show. And then Tony Daniels for the last season, who... I was also another uh, scene stealer. I loved Gambit. And that's where I got introduced oh. to a lot of these characters. Rogue, played by Lenora Zan. Jubilee, who was supposed to be like the main character and like the audience surrogate because she kind of gets thrown into this world after her mutant powers develop. And that she's played by Allison Court. Hank McCoy, or Beast, played by George Buzza, who apparently, and this is a mild spoiler, does cameo in the Marvels. But anyway. And Magneto, played by David Hemblin. Just some other characters. I'm not going to go by their their cast name, but just some of the characters that appear. You have Bishop. You have Cable. You have Christopher Summers. You have Juggernaut. Oh, I remember all the Juggernaut episodes. You had Mastermind, Apocalypse, Mr. Sinister, Dr. Moira McTaggart, The Blob, Colossus, Senator Kelly, Mystique. Let's see. A lot of different characters played different, or a lot of different actors played the same characters. Yeah. Cannonball, Henry Gyrich. Let's see. Marvel. What was that? Miss Marvel. Is Miss Marvel in this? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, Rogue steals her powers in this. That's right. Sabretooth, Quicksilver, Famine, Pyro, Bolivar Trask. You said Miss Marvel. Those are some of the biggest ones. All right. Yeah. And, oh, Angel slash Archangel. I remember that one, too. Banshee. They had, some, they had a ton of good ones. And then they had episodes with cameos because they did, like, Days of Future Past. They did yeah. all sorts of episodes. And it 
was fantastic. Like it was getting 23 million views an episode. Like it, it was a monster. Yeah. So for me though, again, I think I just wasn't old enough at the time to catch it. So I'm going to give, even though this show is fantastic, I'm going to give it the four and I'm going to put Spider-Man above it. All right. I'm going to agree with you. I, I think this is, this is like slightly below uh, Spider-Man, the animated series, you know, four, four, five is a big gap, but like in my mind, it's closer than that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a four again, the, the, between the theme, the look of, you know, their costume and stuff like that, like to be able to do not only their costumes, but also their powers too. And oh, yeah. back in the nineties, you know, this is more like the early nineties too than Spider-Man was not by much, but to be able to do all that and to make it look again for its time, like outstanding, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think it just shows like how great this was written and done. So yeah, I would say a four, maybe closer to the four five end of it, like a four point two five, which I know you hate when that happens. I do hate when that happens. Uh-huh. That's why we don't have those ratings. I know that's, but that's what I'm saying. Like it's closer to the to a four five than to a four though. You're closer to a four five than a two. <laughs> All right, with that, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we are then going to tackle the early 2000s with The Spectacular Spider-Man and X-Men Evolution. But first, a quick break. Hey guys, it's Paul, and the Misfit Faction is looking for your help. We are trying to grow not only our network, but also grow our brands, and the best way to do that is if you guys are looking to start your very own podcast. Maybe you guys have been listening to us for a while. Maybe it's something you guys have always wanted to do, but you're not sure how to get started. If you go to podbean.com slash misfitfaction, you guys will get a month of free podcasting on us. That is a gift from us. So make sure if you guys are looking to start your own show, you reach out to us and go to podbean.com slash misfitfaction. Also, maybe you guys have your own online business or service service that you're always looking to grow and advertising is a very big part of that if you guys go to sponsorship.podbean.com slash misfit faction you guys can get a hundred dollars worth of free advertising again as a thank you from us to you guys that's sponsorship.podbean.com slash misfit faction all right we are back and now the debate shifts gears to the early 2000s you know that was a time where Ronnie was cutting class, and I was just not caring as much. Yeah, you know, you're right. So there is a, there is a little bit of a gap. We just found that this was a, a very similar in vein to the two shows. So we have Spectacular Spider-Man that came out in 2008, and we have X-Men Evolution that came out in 2000. But they had about the same amount of, I think, Spider-Man had two seasons, X-Men Evolution had four, 52 total episodes for X-Men, 26 for Spectacular Spider-Man. And the reason we picked these shows is because they're arguably super iconic or they're super culty in terms of just the fandoms. Like Spectacular Spider-Man has a huge cult following, Mm -hmm. mostly because of all the controversy about it. And controversy yeah. in terms of not the show, but per se the the actual what happened behind the scenes. Yeah. You want to start Spectacular Spider Man or X Men Evolution? You pick. Let's go Evolution because we started with Spider Man in the first half of the show. All right, so X Men Evolution aired November fourth of two thousand to October twenty fifth of two thousand and three. Like I said, it had four seasons, fifty two total episodes, and this show does something very different where they go back and put the kids all in high school. So even though they are at Xavier's gifted school, 
that they are also like now going to high school and it's very strange how they're out of school, but also going to school. So yeah. the main cast for the beginning of the show, uh, we had Professor Xavier played by David Kay, Cyclops by Kirby Morrow, Jean Grey by Venus Terzo, uh, Spike, who was an original character created for the show, played by Neil Dennis, uh, Wolverine by Scott McNeil. And ironically, Wolverine takes a bit of a backseat. Um, Wolverine yeah. and Storm are teachers at the school. So they kind yes. of, they're more side characters. Storm, played by Kristen Williamson. Rogue, played by Megan Black. Kitty Pride, played by Megan, Maggie Blue O'Hara. Kurt Wagner, also known as Nightcrawler, played by Brad Sowally. And Hank McCoy, played by Mike Kapasa. So those were the biggest names of the cast, like the main X-Men roster. Throughout the course of the show, they do expand. They introduce the new mutants in a much better way than the, uh, the movie did. You have Angel jumps in at some, you know, like they also defect some of the brotherhoods. Like I think Colossus and Gambit were actually bad guys when they're first introduced, but then they defect. So yeah. the show had a very big cast starting. I think it was around season two ish. So, mm -hmm. yeah, for me, I was a huge fan of the show. I think it was a smart move. And that's the other reason we compare this and Spectacular Spider-Man, because they bring it back to a very simpler time and then expand outwards. Yeah. So like in the first season... They nobody knows that mutants exist, so the whole point is like trying to keep that secret under wraps, and that's why they have such a limited number. They also have some of the bad guys, like the Brotherhood was Magneto, who was always in the shadows and very mysterious, uh, Mystique, who was the main quote unquote bad guy, who also played like pretended to be their principal, yeah, and would mess with them. Uh, you had Toad, Avalanche, the Blob, Quicksilver, and then eventually the Scarlet Witch, and she yeah. was like the most powerful, of course, out of all of them. So in season one, like I said, they're they're all high school students. They're just kind of living their best lives, you know, and trying to deal with all of that. And it ends with Magneto, like super powering all the Cyclops and his brother Havoc, who he discovers is alive. And it's a great like they do some good adaptations of it. And for me, like this was this was my show. I really did dig this show. I was kind of bummed that it only lasted the four seasons. Yeah, it again with with this show and even with the first X Men show that we talked about, you don't have big names like you kind of did with you know the Spider Man shows. Mm -hmm. There's a lot less well known people voicing in these shows, especially with this one with Evolution. To me, I wasn't too big of a fan of this show. You break my heart. I know. I'm sorry. It's because it wasn't a Wolverine show. No, not because it was a Wolverine show. I think because it's one of those, like, I don't know. I think it's, I'm expecting more action to it, and it's a lot more storytelling. I will disagree than... with you, sir. It had some of the best action set pieces, and one of my favorites is, I want to say it's season three. So at the mm -hmm. end of season two, people find out that, like, the general public finds out that mutants exist. and. Yeah. Professor Xavier's missing. Mystique's been portraying him, and he's captured. I forget where he – I think he's in like a government building or something. But yeah. the Juggernaut escapes, and they have to fight the Juggernaut without the help of Professor Xavier, who uses like his mental powers, and they manage to take him down. And Cyclops has one of my favorite moments of all time where like Juggernaut's like, you can't stop me. I'm raw power. And he's like – and he takes off his visor. I forget what he says, but he says like a badass line. Takes off his visor and it just like explodes and sends Juggernaut flying. It's really yeah. cool. 
But again, I think that this show it didn't it didn't focus on Wolverine, and that's what people wanted. That's why the successor X Wolverine and the X Men was literally Wolverine and the X Men. So yeah. the show did end on like a. They definitely knew that it was going to end. We also had an original character by the name of X twenty three created for the show. So popular that they put her into the the comics, and they also, of course, put her into the Logan movie, played by Daphne Keene. Rumor is she's coming back, too, for Deadpool, but we'll see. There's too many rumors for Deadpool. I can't handle them all. God. But the show does the show does end with they do their apocalypse story and it ends with Xavier getting a a glimpse of the future. And some of the things that he sees are continued anti-mutant sentiment at Capitol Hill, a reforms Magneto as an instructor at the Xavier Institute. Jean Grey with uh, the Phoenix Force and the Dark Phoenix. The future X-Men team being Cyclops, Nightcrawler, Shadowcat, Storm, Beast, Iceman, Colossus, X-23, and Rogue, who's now flying. The Brotherhood, joining, including Pyro, joining S.H.I.E.L.D. as the Freedom Force. Nimrod the Sentinel, and they do the entire cast photo. So they knew they were ending, and I think that that worked in their favor. So I'm going to give this show, for the second half, I'm going to give it a four and a half. Wow. Yeah, it is. So you like this better than the first? Than the, the 90s X-Men? A problem. But no, what did I say? I thought I said four and a half for the... No, you said four for X-Men. Oh, I did. Yes, I do like... The, I think I was also the right age for this show. Yeah. I was like 13, 14-ish. Mm-hmm. So... All right. Interesting. I think this is... I'm going to give this a four, which is... I know it's the same as... X-Men, the animated series. But to me, this is, again, like I said in the first half, X-Men, the animated series, is closer to a 4-5 than to a 4, while this is like a 4, hands down. I just didn't find it as appealing. You know, I wasn't drawn to it as much as the original mm-hmm. show was. Um, the looks of everybody kind of was jarring at times, you know, especially with, you know, the way Wolverine looks with like orangey instead of yellow. And I, don't know, I think I just a sucker for nostalgia and original stuff that this kind of threw me off. All right. I'll, I'll allow your opinion. I don't believe in it, but I'll allow it. All I ask. Oh, okay. That's not, that's not too much to ask then. All right. So let's jump across the pond. The, the Marvel Pond, to The Spectacular Spider-Man. Again, another show so popular. So we didn't even mention that the X-Men 90s show is getting a revival. X-Men 97 is going to produce, uh, going to premiere at Disney Plus sometime this year, supposedly, 2024. And there's a lot of fan excitement for it. Now, on the opposite end, there is still a Save the Spectacular Spider-Man movement going on hashtag save spectacular spider-man uh especially after they released it on netflix for a while like they're still talking about it and obviously josh keaton was so popular spider-man that he appeared in spider-verse yeah yeah he was one of the spider-man that uh, i think he has a couple of lines too so this show super super popular uh it only lasted two seasons and again there was a lot of issues with the, the problem you had were there were production issues that were going on. There were supposed to be five seasons. They wanted to do 65 episodes, and the ratings were a little less then, all right? But then yeah. they also – the problem with Spider-Man is they have to constantly create new Spider-Man shows because of all their rights and legal issues and all this stuff. And yeah. 
Yeah, so what happened was, in 2009, in exchange for concessions on the movie rights, Sony had relinquished to Marvel its license to produce television works that used Spider-Man and associated characters, but had retained the ownership of Spectacular Spider-Man and all the production elements used, such as character designs and stories. So they were like, well, we'll just make a new one. Done. We win. Because when it comes to Spider-Man, it always comes down to money. But let's run through the cast really quick. We had Josh Keaton playing Peter Parker slash Spider-Man. Lacey Chabert as Gwen Stacy. James Arnold Taylor as Harry Osborn. Darren Norris as J. Jonah Jameson. And John Jameson. Vanessa Marshall as Mary Jane Watson. Joshua Labar as Flash Thompson. Alana Ubach as Liz Allen. Clancy Brown as George Stacy. See, and Alex Rachines as Norman Osborn. Some other characters that make appearances. I mean, oh, Ed Asner as Ben Parker. That's fun. All right, uh. I'm going to run through these quick. We had The Tinkerer, Ben Parker, Kirk Connors, Gene DeWolf, Shocker, Mysterio, Green Goblin, Chameleon, Calypso, Billy Connors, Silver Sable, Crusher Hogan, The Big Man, let's see, Betty Brant, San- Sandman, Eddie Brock, and Venom, Hobie Brown, Adrian Toons, The Vulture, uh, Maury Bench, Silvermane, Electro, Dr. Kafka, Wiles, uh, Miles Warren, excuse me, Dr. Bromwell, Black Cat, let's see, Ned Leeds, Robbie Robertson and Rand Robertson, Mark Allen, Joan Jameson, Dr. Octopus, Walter Hardy, who in this show is the one that killed Uncle Ben by accident, L. Thompson Lincoln, Dr. Martha Connors and Anna Watson, Mae Parker, Glory Grant, Ox, Roderick Kingsley, Craven the Hunter, Mayor Waters, Donald Menken, and Stan Carter. Woof. So. Everybody and everybody. I know, pretty much. They they had a stacked cast. And yeah. I will say that this show has probably one of my favorite theme songs of all time. A hundred percent. It is so good. To the point where I think I've used it on a couple of our, our reels, too, on Instagram. Check oh, that. I'm sure you have. Check that out, the Misfit Action Media Network on Instagram. <laughs> but uh, it's the catchiest theme song of all time. To the point where I, when it was on, it was only on Netflix for a hot minute. And I, I watched the yeah. entire thing just because they're, they're 22 minutes. Like, they're, they're easy. I did, too. Yeah. And I could, I, I rarely skipped the intro because I just loved it so much. <laughs> yeah. I also have to say that I loved how they did the black suit, how it changed throughout the show. And I I think in all, because at first they had it looking like his suit, which they did in the Spider-Man movies. And I was like, oh, but then it progressively got more and more. I was like, oh, it looks so cool now. And they did a great job with, with him and Venom and that story. But what do you, what are your highlights from the show? I, again, like you said, the the theme song is, I think the best theme song we've had when it comes to superhero stuff, it, it is so catchy. And then I think the, the storytelling in it, the looks of it, you know, for <clears throat> late 2000s. And it, it's so memorable. Like you have all these big named, you know, characters and, you know, bad guys of Spider-Man in here. And it works. It was almost like there was storytelling, but also like, you had your flavor of the week, you know, your your enemy of the week or whatever, but it worked. Um, and it's just great just to see where it was back in the, you know, early 90s to now and the way it changed, but also kind of stayed true to itself at the same time. Right. I liked how Spider-Man wasn't nearly as strong as he was in the comics. Like he had to really think his way out of most of his problems. Um he relied a lot more on his webbing too, which was another thing different in this show. 
But you you were constantly. It's the same thing for all these for these two shows, both this and X Men Evolution. You were dealing also with high school problems, and I think, like I said, this show came out a little after you and I graduated high school. Yep. So, like I know I graduated oh five. You were what oh six or oh seven? Seven. Nerd. But anyway, yeah. So like we were just finishing high school when this show started, yeah. and I think it was easier for us to relate to it, just like because it's high school, like. It's the same kind of issues, but now you're also dealing with superpowers. So for yeah. me, I think that was also a really a big part. And this show had so many things they wanted to do. They wanted to do Scorpion, Hydra Man, Hobgoblin, Carnage, Mr. Negative, Morbius. Like they had yeah. a ton of stuff. And they were this was all planned. And like literally they just Thank got Disney. Yeah, thanks, Disney. Like to the point <laughs> where Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes was airing from 2010 to 2012, and they had an episode uh, with Spider-Man. And originally, Josh yeah. Keaton did all the voice work. And in a in a fit of fan rage, also because they fans were pissed about this, they had Drake Bell redub all the lines because he was playing the Ultimate Spider-Man at the time, and they wanted to promote that. And you could t- I watched a little bit of Ultimate Spider-Man. It wasn't my cup of tea. But mm-hmm. you could tell the lines were written for Josh Keaton's Spider-Man as opposed to Drake Bell. Um, yeah. I'm sure he did a fine job. He's a terrible person in real life, but I'm sure he did a fine job mm-hmm. uh, doing his job. But for me, like this show was pinnacle. And I will give it yeah. also the rare five. Wow. Yeah. Oh, okay. Again, I, to me, it's it's hard to give fives out. The only five I'm pretty sure I've ever given out has been Winter Soldier, and it's going to stay that way. That's fair. Uh, I'll give this a solid four or five. Uh, to me, it is better than the original one, right? Mm-hmm. The animated series. Um, so, unfortunately, they both get the same score, but in my head, this is better. If I was to rank, this would be number one, and then... I would have the animated series be ranked number two, All right. uh, but both, so, both both are amazing. So it looks like we're we're putting Spider Man above X Men in terms of the animated series uh, conversation. Yes. Now, if we're talking about theme songs, this is still number one, and then I would go X Men after that, the animated series, and then after that, other two or whatever. Yeah, is it a weird? Uh, the Spectacular Spider Man is the only one with like words. Yeah, <laughs> I think the Spider-Man show was just like radio, like it just, and it was. Uh, I think Steven Tyler did the, the guitar for it. Yeah, which is wild. Let's get that guy from Aerosmith, and th- they make that joke in the show where the symbiote suit. He's like changing into different outfits, and he's like, "How about that guy from Aerosmith?" And he turns into it. It's awesome. Yeah. But that is going to wrap us up for today. We do have our Fan Feedback Friday. And uh, because we posted it during the holiday season and we didn't get a chance to get to it, this week, how do you think our favorite superheroes spend the holidays? All right. We have Batman alone because he doesn't have a family. Dark. I like it. Superman saving people, probably. Captain America handing out presents to the less fortunate. Absolutely. Spider-Man having a nice dinner with Aunt May. Gamora does nothing because she's never heard of Christmas. Thanks, Anthony. That's a good one. All right. And I'm also going to say the Flash is giving out presents all around the world, pretending to be Santa. Uh, all right. And I'm going to say the Punisher's killing people still. Merry Christmas, yeah, everyone. No, Happy holidays. <laughs> but if you guys want to participate in Fan Feedback Friday, it's super easy. Just go to our Facebook to page our every Friday between 8 a.m. and 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. It will post there. So make sure you guys like the page while you're there. And 
participate. We have a lot of fun, and it's always a good time. So if you guys want more of our content, though, you can find us on all the social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, all of it. So make sure you guys check that out. Just type in The Misfit Faction or Multiverse Fancast. Odds are you'll find some of our stuff. And also, you can find us on YouTube. Make sure you guys check out our YouTube channel. It's been a a lot of work recently, so it's totally redone. Give it a listen. We have some older episodes of MF Uncensored there, so make sure you guys check those out as well. Whew. All right. Did I miss anything? I don't think so. Wow. I did a great job. Golf clap. Golf clap. Yeah, it's sports. But that is <laughs> going to wrap us up for today. As always, I'm Paul. I'm Ronnie. And we'll be back in a flash. See ya.